0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to this fireside chat where we'll be talking about the differences between final mile uh, consumer and business behaviors, as well as giving a quick overview uh, with the director of customer solutions at Global Trans, Karen Tindall. Welcome, Karen.
1: Hi. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, thanks for coming out today to talk to us about what's going on in the final mile space. So let's get, let's get things started right away. So what are some of the uh, you know, challenges that have been unique to the final mile space here over the last several months? Obviously, COVID-19 has created a lot of new uh, challenges, uh, obstacles for people to overcome in the transportation space in general. What do you think you're experiencing that's unique to the final mile space?
1: so with with the onset of covid-19 what we saw with the quarantines that were happening around around the globe really is that all of a sudden businesses were forced to adapt the way that they manufactured their product, the way that they packaged their product, the way that they put that onto the road, and ultimately the way that they got those products into into the consumer's hands. Um, with the shutdown of many... You know, retail stores outside of the the necessary stores across the country, and really the temporary and somewhat semi permanent shuttering of these locations. What you started to see was um, shippers were desperate to continue to get that product into their customers' hands, and ultimately that resulted in an immediate pivot to. Instead of selling to customers that were walking into a storefront or coming into um, a, a, a box store, or whatever, um, what you found is that they were buying online and ultimately making those purchases from their living room. Um, and the, the unique challenge to Final Mile is that when you have a challenge of getting product into a customer's hands safely and also in a timely manner, what you found is that companies that were not prepared or aligned with providers to even Facilitate that service, we're scrambling to buy within the market. So, where you saw that uh, retail segments specific to in store sales were plummeting, restaurant, um, you know, final mile deliveries for like food service were plummeting. What you saw was a rise in shipments into grocery stores and places that were still open. And ultimately, all of the trucking companies that typically handled freight into and out of these retail spaces were vying for different kinds of deliveries and trying to adapt their practices to get products into a different uh, segment of consumer, uh, so we saw everything from customers that never sold into a home before. Um, one example of that is uh, we were contacted by a company that that makes and sells fitness equipment, and what they had typically sold into was was gyms and fitness centers. Uh, but with the onset of COVID, all of a sudden they were receiving uh, sales direct to customer homes because they still wanted to work out. So these companies scrambled to find uh, providers that could service those types of deliveries, get those products packaged in a way that allowed them to sustain the rigors of transit and ultimately get delivered into a customer's home without um, hurting the customer brand experience, right? Right. Um, Many of these shippers were historically relying on LTL carriers or common carriers to deliver their product. You can't send an LTL driver into a customer's home. It typically doesn't go well. That almost always results in a bad Yelp review. So what we saw was that companies were having to scramble, find creative new ways to buy capacity on these or with these providers that are tailored and prepared to handle professional, courteous, clean deliveries into a customer's home.
0: Yeah, you make a good point The the packaging and uh, impact as well like that is everybody under doesn't necessarily understand the big difference between, uh, you know, having to hand deliver something versus having a pallet at your disposal, uh, having been in that space before before myself. Uh, so, you know, you mentioned you mentioned retail obviously being one of the mm-hmm. industries or sectors that had a big growth in demand during this period as you know, a lot of consumers started getting some of these big ticket items. Uh, with more prevalence because they couldn't get into the big box stores. But Mm -hmm. are there any other sectors or industries that you saw particular growth in or even decline in uh, over the course of COVID?
1: So I think that especially through quarantine, what you saw was a big dip in like clothing retailers. Um, And I would say in in some other, I would, I mean, even in like food service and things like that, the buying patterns shifted. Right. But what you did see was a massive in like an increase in e-commerce, uh, furniture sellers. So all of a sudden, People were sitting at home and realizing, man, I really don't like that sofa. Let's get a new sofa, right? Especially when the stimulus payments started going out, you saw this massive increase in furniture sales. And some of our our biggest clients in the White Glove and Final Mile space were seeing Out of sight growth during quarantine, primarily because people were spending more time at home. They were more conscious of their environment and what was around them. And frankly, they were probably bored. So, what do you do when you're bored? You fix up your house, you start cooking more. So, you know, you're buying all of these things and maybe upgrading, um, you know, pieces of equipment or appliances in your home that typically didn't see the kind of use that they saw during, during COVID and quarantine.
0: Yeah, that's, that, that's one of the things we've been tracking here pretty significantly, is that change of behavior. Uh, people aren't behaving the same way from their house than they would from their 9 to 5 job every day. Uh, that's a good point. Uh, so are there any, like, behavioral changes that have made this environment particularly challenging, such as social distancing? Uh, and if so, have you uh, found a way through those uh, you know, over the last several months?
1: Absolutely. So I think the the biggest thing that I have noticed through quarantine is that the baby boomer generation that I think was historically the in the store shoppers, right? They wanted to see it. They wanted to touch it. They wanted to, you know, feel it before they purchased it. All of a sudden, these people were having to figure out how to buy online. And now you've taught them a skill. And they realize they can do all of these these purchases from the comfort of their own home. And many um, experts believe that now even on the, you know, When COVID is gone, that those consumers, those older baby boomer, um, semi-retired individuals, are going to continue to buy this way because they've conquered it. Right? They had to do it with such frequency during COVID, and frankly, a lot of that generation are the most at risk for complications from a virus like this. So you're giving these people an outlet and an ability to purchase in a safe and careful way. Um, One thing that was unique to the quarantine is that for a number of weeks, many providers actually stopped doing in-home deliveries, um, both for the safety of their drivers and ultimately for the safety of the consumer. So there was a time period where um, furniture, large pieces of exercise equipment were being delivered at, at what we called a threshold level. So the first dry space in a garage or driveway, carport, et cetera, that was the extent of the delivery service and expectation. Um, companies that are delivering, so the final mile providers did a lot of work to adapt the way that their drivers behave, how they're sanitizing between stops, um, Furnishing uh, protective equipment for the drivers, from masks to gloves, et cetera, that allow the consumer to feel safe when they're receiving that product in the home. So, what we've seen is most final mile and white glove providers have resumed in home deliveries, but there are some definite modifications to that. Drivers have, you know, hand sanitizer installed in their their trucks. Trucks are cleaned daily, um, and they have very rigorous sanitation practices that they are doing between each and every stop to ensure that they're not uh, transmitting this
0: virus. Yeah, that's, well, that's good news uh, in general, <laughs> uh, you know, to practice a little bit more uh, a clean handling. So, I want to sh- shift gears a little bit. We've talked a lot about the, the B2C, uh, business-to-consumer, uh, you know, which everybody's, I think, overly familiar with. You know, you're talking about your, you know, your big-ticket furniture items and appliances, et cetera. So, I, I think I want to know a little bit more about what's the difference between the business-to-business final mile and the business-to-consumer final mile uh, segments?
1: So one interesting um, place to consider just so that where you can really see that difference is if you look at your local strip malls, um, what you see is that a number of companies that used to maintain, even prior to COVID, used to maintain a lot larger uh, floor space, right? Whether it was your electronics companies, your uh, beauty supply stores, many of those organizations maintained large. Um, and frankly, very expensive storefront locations. Um, Even prior to COVID, you saw a real condensing of that space and shifting to very tightly packed, small impact uh, storefronts that allowed companies to reduce overall overhead. Um, With the pandemic, what has begun to to happen is that many organizations are shifting their distribution strategy. And rather than trying to fill customer orders at the regional DC level, they are actually leveraging those local stores to service those consumer-based deliveries. So, how do those inventory hubs, ultimately, and, and distribution centers or mini DCs, how do they get that product? They're still in small retail locations without dock access. In many cases, um, you know there, there is difficulty accessing these facilities from either length, height, restrictions, or sometimes just a tight driveway behind, right? So how do we adapt and help these stores continue to get Uh, the the inventory replenishment that will allow them to continue to get those orders in the hands of their consumers in a very quick and effective way. So that's a huge space that we are really seeing a lot of, of growth and surge in is those deliveries into those storefront locations.
0: So effectively having to figure out a way through the reduced inventory space that a lot of these companies are dealing with, uh, almost transitioning into a, a near just-in-time environment, is that accurate?
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. So what So I guess, you know, what are the – how does this pose unique uh, challenges for a, uh, a shipper that services both a B2C and a B2B-type uh, customer?
1: Okay. So for companies that have historically been able to sell larger items from their storefronts, uh, whether it's curbside pickup and, you know, uh, consumers can actually just come and do a pickup. Like if you go to a hardware store and you purchase, you know, wood or building supplies or what have you, appliances, in many cases, consumers used to go and make those pickups in a private vehicle or rented vehicle. That's no longer happening. So organizations are having to figure out how to accommodate these deliveries and do so safely and economically. Um, what that has resulted in is ultimately a pivot in strategy, and there's really a gap in the kind of structure of transportation, if you will. You have the companies that have historically shipped those small products via parcel carriers, right? And those packages can can be delivered pretty easily. Um, but what do you do in that space between those small packages and, you know, large volume or truckload shipments, there's a need now for true LTL e-commerce delivery. And um, so what that has has resulted in is, like we talked about before, a shift in the way that product is being packaged, because now they're having to put that product onto a truck and ship it. And it's got to be able to be handled by a forklift, because if it isn't, you're not going to get it anywhere quick. So you've got to make sure it can handle the transportation, uh, that it can ultimately get somewhere in competing with the Amazon effect, right? Getting it just in time and ultimately ensuring that the person that's delivering that product is presenting it and getting it into the home in a way that is going to exceed the expectations and ultimately be commensurate with the brand,
0: Yeah. A lot of those, uh, you know, a lot of people confuse LTL with final mile delivery. They are not the same thing whatsoever. (laughs) Uh, You know, a lot of, like you said before, the LTL driver is not going to go into your home and and drop off that refrigerator. And if he Uh, does, you
1: probably don't want it to happen.
0: (laughs) Right. And also their operation just isn't set up for that type of uh, delivery most of the time. So uh, yeah, that's obviously a good point. And so You know, throughout this whole pandemic, I think there's been a rush to technology, uh, trying to find Mm -hmm. efficiencies. You know, there's a ton of freight moving through the whole environment right now uh, in the transportation world. Uh, But a lot of people are really turning to technology to help them manage a lot of these changes and adapting to it. What do you think has happened in the final mile space that has helped, uh, you know, your specific segment here uh, really thrive?
1: Absolutely. Uh, Within the retail space, most uh, shippers and sellers. I think if you talk to them prior to COVID, they had a very you know steady hand or a, a steady handful of carriers or providers that they leveraged on a regular basis, um, and they had good relationships with them. But with the shift in buying pattern and ultimate capacity shifts, what you found was they were forced to. Uh, essentially diversify their portfolio and bring additional providers into their network, if you will. Bringing additional providers and expanding the number of people you have participating in your program presents a number of challenges. The first I would say, is visibility. Do companies have the ability to see all of their freight in one spot? And most pe- most shippers will tell you no. They're logging on to each carrier website well the interesting piece about final mile is it's still a relatively segmented and very decentralized vertical within the transportation space and so what we tend to see is that some of these providers are regional at best and most most of the time they're local so how do you kind of gather all of those providers get them so that a customer has visibility to the tracking updates um, and and make sure that the expectations of that customer around their brand and overall experience is consistent. Getting a consistent result from a decentralized model or a decentralized vertical is often the biggest, biggest, hardest thing to do. And so partnering with a third-party provider that is, Um, adept in handling those challenges and heading those challenges off at the pass and making sure that that the carriers understand this is what's expected with each and every delivery, setting up um, compliance metrics that ultimately scores these providers and ensures that to remain in the program, they have to meet different or, you know, certain service levels and expectations or they're cut from the program, right? It, it motivates them and ultimately ensures that the customers are getting a consistent level of service.
0: Yeah, I, I know that, you know, when you do outsource with so many options in a network and uh, not having centralized mm-hmm. control over it, you open your door to a lot of different operations, a lot of different yeah. variables. Having a single flow through is definitely key in uh, managing that operation. Yeah. Well, Karen, thank you so much uh, for giving us all the insight today. Uh, Thank you for joining us and thank you for watching. Uh, Be sure to stay tuned to more uh, of these fireside chats throughout the rest of the day and uh, have a good one. Thanks, Karen.
1: Thank you.